This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down, end zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are live in studio for the next couple hours. Unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Coming off the heels of JT the Brick. Just wrapped up a really good interview with uh, Vic Tafer from The Athletic talking about all the goings-ons with the Raiders and, of course, the big headline, the big news, all the conversation that's going on right now around the silver and black is about the offensive line. It's about the fact that Alex Leatherwood was inside today at practice, witnessed by many, filmed by many, sent out. So, okay. So today is a different day. We talked about it in uh, in pretty good length uh, yesterday that it was a potential could be happening, but nothing was official. Nobody had seen anything like that uh, yet to report, but did did say many times that it was never going to be out of the question. As a matter of fact, it's something that GM Mike Mayock talked about the day they drafted him. Said that he's going to be the day one starter at tackle, and hopefully he could stay right there. If not, then they'll kick him inside the guard. And I'm not saying this is a permanent move at all. Just saying that as of today... He was inside for sure at the guard position with Brandon Parker at that right tackle position. So, of course, that's going to catch all the headlines today. Um, you know it's a, you know it's something when uh, uh, pro football talk and you know when uh, Bleacher Report starts putting out tweets and around the NFL starts putting out tweets, you know that it's caught the round. So I uh, heard a little bit of Vic Tafer's interview with JT, thought it was really good talking about uh, the offensive line, talking about Alex Leatherwood, how really – it hasn't really been the second half of games for him when he's struggling. It's really just the first half. That goes for him and Andre James both. You know, they struggled a lot early in games, and then the second half they're starting to figure things out and put things together. But uh, here we are. You know, I mean, th- this is a this is a win-loss business. This is not a, you know, try to develop and try to develop and try to develop if you believe that you have a team that, that could win right now. Now, if you have a team that you think is going to be bad, then yeah, sure. And really, a lot of people talk about Colton Miller, and they talk about how he was able to, you know, uh, develop and get better. Well, remember, when Colton Miller was a rookie, the Raiders didn't have a team that they thought was going to make a deep run. So he had, he was given the opportunity to kind of learn on the fly and make some mistakes. And so it's not really the same circumstances. I feel like this team that the Raiders have put together in 2021 is a team that feels like that they can go make some moves. And I said it a lot during training camp and preseason. Vinny said it a lot during training camp and preseason. This team feels like it's a different team. Feels like they have uh, you know some momentum on their side. They they could end up uh, having a nice special season. Of course, they got off to the three and one start, and no, the offensive line wasn't perfect. But when you're winning, it kind of disguises things. So again, here we are today, coming off the heels of the first Raiders loss on Monday to the Chargers. Have turned the page officially, turned the page as of yesterday, and they're preparing for the Chicago Bears to head to town on Sunday. And so. Uh, just some of the some of the news and notes coming out of Henderson today as the Raiders were uh, were out there practicing. Uh, Vinny Bonsignor is there. Uh, Cassie Soto was there. Um, let's see, Deshaun Reed was there. I mean, the the, the usual suspects were all there uh, on hand to see what was going on. Paul Gutierrez from ESPN, of course, all, all those cats were out there and were able to kind of witness and see what was going on. Hondo Carpenter, uh, he was there as well. So uh, that's when I feel good about coming on the air and saying, okay, this is what's going on because I know 
that people have seen it. I know people are talking about it. Uh, even Vic said he had talked to Tom Cable last night and was kind of talking about the struggles that that Alex Leatherwood's had and also Andre James. So uh, that's going to take up a lot of the conversation coming up on today's show. We have a lot of good guests coming up on today's show. Damon's in the building. He's got his Keep Austin Weird t-shirt on. I asked him. I went to the store real quick. I asked him if he wanted anything. He told me some hot fries. And I said, I know exactly what kind of dude I'm dealing with when he asked for some hot fries. I felt like I was dealing with a 12-year-old. I don't like the way you said that, man. What, I'm just being honest. What do you mean a 12-year-old? Because that's what a 12-year-old would say. Hey, what do you want from the store? Like my son, when he was 12. Hey, what do you want from the store? Give me some chips, Dad. Give me some hot fries. You got a you got a king size bag of Reese's. Like, what do you? What, come on, what does that mean? And I only ate two of them. Does that signify adult status? Yeah, it was a Reese. Reese's are classics. You're talking about hot fries. Hot fries are what kids get. You got to step your game up, man. I'm glad that you're a, a psychologist now. You can hey, I can break it down, man. I can diagnose it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Hey, man, you got terrible taste of music, and your 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 hot fries are 12 year old status. Just saying. Just throwing it out there. But you're in the building, so I, I want to ask you. I want to bring you in immediately. I don't really care about your hot fries. It's all good. I'm just Thank giving you. you a bad time. Uh, Alex Leatherwood kicked inside to guard, and, and I know that uh, I know that uh, Lincoln Kennedy being on the show in the huddle with uh, Vinny Bonsignor each and every night, uh, at least uh, Tuesday through Thursday, is really good because he's very familiar with the offensive line. And him being on the on the uh, the broadcast with Brett Musburger, he's able to see a lot from upstairs. Uh, that you probably wouldn't see from the sidelines. And so uh, I know he's been very vocal about the offensive line and, and different things that they need to do and things that he feels like even the coaching staff has done wrong. But now that you hear that Leatherwood has been kicked inside the guard, you hear Parker is on the outside at the tackle position, and that's all the changes for now. And I say for now because it could change. You never know. They might not. They might go back to the film and say, you know what, still haven't seen what we want to see. Let's go ahead and make some more tweaks. And they have some guys on that roster that I do believe they could still kind of tweak the situation with. So, uh, what are your thoughts on, uh, on on the situation, the changes that have happened so far? Well, it's, it was really good from Olsen today from the press conference because they're asking the offensive coordinator, hey, what about this? What about that? He was asked about Leatherwood probably three different times. But they really spoke to his versatility, and that's why they're doing this because they do have that trust that he can make this move to guard on the inside. And it was not just Leatherwood that's the problem to say, hey, we're just trying to find the best five guys. It almost sounded like a basketball team. Hey, we're just trying to put the best five guys on the court. Like, it does not matter, like, oh, wait, you may think that coming in, your perception of them coming in, we just want the best five that we can put together. Right, right. I mean, it's, again, it's a team that expects to win. They they do. They expect that, like, they can compete in the AFC West, they can compete in the AFC, and they can make a deep run. Uh, Mike Mayock said it before the season started, we believe it's a playoff team. So, I know it sounds like, and even to me, it's like, okay, four games might be a little quick to start making changes, a little knee-jerk reaction to one loss. But when you realize that they're really trying to stack these wins and try to stack as many and win now, they're in that win now mode, it kind of makes sense on why they're doing this. Because if it happens after three losses, then you say, why didn't it happen sooner? Why didn't you go and pull the trigger already? Exactly. So, again, I always say that coaches have that damned if you do, damned if you don't type moment. That's exactly uh, what that is. Got a text already on the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, <laughs> keyword R&R. This one's actually from Triana. Uh, Leatherwood's a rookie. He has the fight, and he's correcting his mistakes. Monday night is a big stage, and show you show you need the reps. That's from Triana. And, uh, yeah, you're, you're not wrong. 
You know, you're not wrong at all about that. And I wanted to go to this soundbite, and if we have a quick second, Demond will send us a soundbite for you, and then I'll tell you what guests we have coming up on the show. But uh, Lincoln Kennedy does a, a very good job on In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, and uh, he was on, I believe it was Tuesday, and I was driving back from the facility. I'd just done the show from uh, the Raiders training camp facility uh, right there, Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, and he was talking about the offensive line, and he really, I mean, he went in on the offensive line, and he wasn't doing the same conversation that a lot of us, including myself, have even done where you just kind of point out certain players he was actually calling out the coaches as well for not putting the players in great position and so here's what Lincoln Kennedy had to say about the position that the coaches put Alex Leatherwood in my thing is this is before everybody wants to jump on the bandwagon and blame the offensive line because that's all I heard of last night I said upstairs on the air you don't do that You don't put your rookie tackle on an island when you know he struggles with his upfield shoulder he turns it too quick. He leaves. Look, Alex Leatherwood is going to have to take some boxing classes after the season because what he does is when he sets up, he leaves his arms out there. And if anybody's watched Max Crosby and any of these training films, what's the first thing that him and, and, and Doc Wade and all those guys do at defensive end? They're they sweeping those out. They're knocking it, and there is no retrace. When I played, it was like being a boxer. When somebody, you would counter, you would wait to either the player came within striking distance to where you can stagger them, or you would counter. When they reach for your arm, they reach to do an arm over, they reach to knock it away, you, you would like wax on, wax off. He's not there yet. He puts it out there. He tries to strong you. He tries to muscle you. I can understand that. I can appreciate the aggression. But on this level, aggression will be used against you 99% of the time as an offensive lineman. You have to pick your places where you can be aggressive. You can't always go for the kill shot because when you do, you'll have those great guys like those Bosa's and those T.J. Watts and those Max Crosby's and those Ndokwe's that will knock those hands down and get right by you in the quickness. And that's happened twice. And then afterwards, they become reactionary. Oh, we'll put a tight end up. Oh, we'll chip over there. Oh, we'll slide over there. No. So there's Lincoln Kennedy, a very fired up, passionate Lincoln Kennedy, talking about the offensive line, talking about the struggles of Alex Leatherwood and how the coaches really didn't do him any favors by setting him up like that, by uh, putting him out there on an island, going up against Joey Bosa, knowing that he's not quite ready to do that. And some will say, well, why do you take a number 17 overall? That was the guy that they found fit. That was the guy that they felt like was going to be the best fit for what they're trying to do. Does not mean that he's going to be great day one or game four. Just think about that any other position. Would you say, hey, we drafted a corner in the first round. Yeah, go guard the all-pro receiver. DeAndre Hopkins, one-on-one coverage. You got this. I mean, He's not going to need a little help? Now, when you get him in the first round, as we all know, you can ask Cleve Farrell. The expectations are sky high. Your first-round pick. Ask Justin Fields. He's coming to Allegiant Stadium on Sunday. Expectations are sky high. Doesn't mean it's always going to translate immediately. So, you know, I'm not saying that Leatherwood's going to be a permanent fixture at the at a guard position. And I'm not even saying it's a bad thing that they put him at guard because he, he might end up being, who knows, an all-pro at guard. And then, hey, that's a good pick. But not really because that's not really what you got him for. You know, like I'm, I'm, I'm in the firm belief that, hey, that they went to get a tackle and they, they look like right now they don't have a tackle. Looks like they have a guard. So now it's like back to the drawing pay, you know, drawing book. What do you get? Where do you get your tackle of the future from? Where do you get the guy that holds it down for the whole time? Is it going to be Brandon Parker? He's going to get an opportunity, and that's how, I mean, that's, how, that's how everything comes about. You know, sometimes you just get an opportunity. Uh, he's been with the team for a while, hasn't really, you know, showed up or showed out yet. Olsen said he hasn't hit his ceiling yet. Well, maybe not. I'll say this. He came, in, <laughs> he came in halfway through the game at halftime against Pittsburgh. I was there at Heinz Field. He came in because Leatherwood went out with an injury, 
and he did all right. Now, I'll say this, TJ Watt wasn't in the game. I mean, he was out too, but you only play against the people that are there. <laughs> you know, so uh, this week will be a big test, man. You got Khalil Mack coming to town. You got Robert Quinn coming to town. So just wanted to start off with that. Of course, want to get your thoughts throughout the course of the show. We do have a very busy show coming up in about uh, less than 10 minutes. We have Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review Journal. She'll join us. She was there at practice today. She listened to all the media sessions. She gave us her thoughts, so we'll check in with her at 2.20. At 2.40, uh, Dustin DeHart from Nova Home Loans, he'll join us to talk about the landscape of uh, the, the housing market here in, uh, in Las Vegas. And uh, I always got to check in with him as I'm still on a, on a mission to try to get my house that Scarface would approve of. And it's funny, where was I? Oh, I was, I was at the Oyo on Monday. Remember when we were there for Monday Night Football for the game? Uh, we actually had multiple people talking about, man, that conversation that you have with Dustin is great. I love the conversation about the Scarface house and... I don't blame you for wanting a Scarface house. And we started actually, we actually started going through a conversation about potential houses that could be Scarface houses. And, you know, I keep reading all these reports, and it's so funny, DeMond, I do this. I go through all these different reports and always kind of Google stuff that's going on with the Las Vegas housing. And I always read these reports that say, oh, yeah, the housing market's starting to, it's starting to level out. And then I read reports that say, oh, prices are sky high. They're higher than they ever yeah, been. Like, so no, like, ain't. what are we doing here? <laughs> what are we doing? Somebody got some bad information. Right, right. Is it leveling out? Am I playing, paying sky high prices? What's going on? So uh, we'll check in with Dustin DeHart. Of course, he'll be at the game on Sunday. Uh, Raiders and, uh, and, and Bears. He's also a fantasy football expert. So uh, DeMond will get some fantasy football advice from him as he's trying to navigate through his season. So uh, Dustin will join us at 2.40 at 3 p.m. John McClain, the great John McClain from the Houston Chronicle, the Hall of Fame voter. He'll join us and uh, talk all things NFL. We'll also talk some Al Davis. I'll really get specific with some Al Davis conversation with him. Uh, tomorrow, we will have an Al Davis celebration here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Ten years ago, tomorrow, we lost Al Davis. And so here on the radio station, we're going to we're going to celebrate his his life and times, and we're very excited about that. And John McClain has been around for many moons covering the NFL and has covered Al Davis uh, like a glove. So we'll get his thoughts on Al and what he meant to the NFL. We'll do that at 3 o'clock. Then at 3.30, Ted Nguyen will close us out from The Athletic, and he'll join us to talk about the offensive line. He'll join us to talk about what he's seeing from Alex Leatherwood, what he was doing wrong, you know, where he can grow, and how moving him into guard after four games may stunt his growth, may slow him down from improving, and being a really good offensive lineman in the NFL. So those are the guests we have coming up on the show. We have some giveaways that we'll, we'll, uh, we'll have. And then also, of course, we want to hear from you throughout the course of the show, 702-365-9200 and the Salmon Ash text line, which is already blowing up, 69187, keyword R&R. Let's go ahead and kick things off with a call. And, Damon, who we got up first? Travel in Sacramento. Travel in Sacktown, the 916. What's up, Travel? Hey, can you hear me, too? Yes, sir. Hey, hey, uh... One thing, first, uh, rest in peace, uh, Al Davis. Great man. He's one of the reasons I've become a Raider fan, honestly. Uh, number two, easy on demand with the hot chips. When I was in my <laughs> early 20s, I still, <laughs> when I was in my early 20s, I still ate hot fries, man. I ain't gonna lie. It, it was good. Eat them with a little, little cheese and chili. Oh, uh, man. Third. Ghetto fabulous. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> third, uh, Alex Leatherwood moving in the guard. The thing I like about what the team is doing this year is, like, they're not waiting for things to blow up in their face. They're getting on top of things quick. You know, they realize he's not cutting it at a tackle. So, in the guard, I don't think it's going to be a permanent thing. Honestly, uh, it's just a tough season. Just look at the defenses we face. We face some of the top defenses in the NFL every game. And, and some dominant pass rushes off the edge. So, it's been rough for a rookie like Alex Leatherwood. Um, so, I say, yeah, I'm not mad at it. 
Uh, I understand it. It's disappointing. He's the first round pick. You don't draft a guard in the first round. But I, I think he's going to kick back out either later in the season when he gets it. That's all I got to say. Good show. All right, Matt. Thanks. I like how he got out of there fast after that. <laughs> <laughs> he needed to get out of there fast. Good call. Good call until the end. You were almost there. It's them damn hot fries you were talking about. It threw you off. I'll blame it on the hot fries. <laughs> Right, we got to address this text from Tom before we get to our next caller. Well, we gotta. I got to get to Cassie Soto in a couple minutes as well. What do you want me to do, producer man? Let's get. I want to get to this text from Tom because you know, his hateration is spilling over from the Raider Nation and it's affecting me. Okay. All right. Let's go ahead and uh, let's get into this text from Tom. He said, "So Q, they're really just throwing darts, huh? First day starter at right tackle, huh? They are what top three in the NFL at talent evaluation." The list of Pro Bowlers long is the the list the list of Pro Bowler players is long. Rah rah rah. Go Raiders. Tell D check the tape. I said when they win eight games, not go eight and eight. Have a good show and tell D enjoy his Titan seven win season. Can't listen today, but I'll check the podcast. That's Tom. I'll let you address that. Go ahead. Man, what a hater. Oh, check the tape. Man, I'll go back and look at the text from yesterday. Oh, I said eight wins, not eight and eight, but also the Titan seven win season. Like, bruh. Is so what are you? Even, what are you more offended by? The Titan Seven Win okay. Season remark. Right. Well, I mean, you do have Todd Downing as the offensive coordinator for the but Titans, I mean, so like, there could I, be a chance. If I want to ask Tom, what team do you think is good in the NFL? <laughs> Buccaneers, <laughs> trash. Just like oh, Packers, uh, Aaron Rodgers is washed up. Be like, if it was up to me, every team would go seven and nine or seven and ten. Like, man, what do you think? Well, I'll tell you this, and I know a lot of folks. You got like somebody. Hey, I mean, hey, you know, I'll say this. I don't know. Uh, who Tom believes is a great team in the NFL? I know he chimes in on the show every day. No, I'm not. I don't. I'm so not saying I, that's all I, I'm I know. Not saying, I, I appreciate that he does. So I know that somewhat. I just want to know who do you like, Tom? Apparently, he likes us a little bit enough to send I us mean, a text. Team wise, well, we're a good team. <laughs> so I'm going to leave it at that because I don't know. I don't know, and I'm okay with that. As long as he chimes in, as long as he enjoys this team that we got here, you know. Mr. Hot Fries and... Gonna have to have Tom call in and hold his feet to the fire. <laughs> but anyway, we can move on. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. We'll take one quick call. We're taking one quick call before we uh, take a break. We got time. We got time. All right, let's go out to Big Rob. Big Rob, what's on your mind, my man? How you doing, Brother Q? Chilling, man, chilling. Cool. Listen, um, as far as the game goes, and I know the game is over, it's done with, but I got to tell you, man, I'm super, super proud of, of how the Raiders did come back. To be honest with you, uh, I just think that sometimes people don't realize that special teams and emotions go hand in hand. When I looked at that game, the boys came back. When the kicker missed that 50 yard field goal, it was almost like it just took the, the winds, the sails out of the defense. You know, that would have just put us down seven points. And I just wanted to see, wanted to find out what do you think about that. Yeah, th- thank you for the call, my man. I'll tell you right now, I thought that they should have gone for it on on fourth down. You know, I just I just felt like that they had an opportunity to make a big play right there. I know Daniel Carlson's being really good, and I know that fifty two yards he can make. It. I mean, the very first game of the season, he drilled a fifty five yarder to to allow the Raiders to get to overtime. I think I would have just. Uh, I think that they should have gone for it on fourth down. And of course, if they go for it on fourth down and don't get it, someone would have said, "Why did they kick the field goal?" But I would have been okay with it. I like the fact that John Gruden's kind of rolled the dice multiple times so far this season. Hasn't always worked out, but I'd have been okay with it. So that's what I think they should have done. And if they picked it up, I think it's a little bit more momentum, kind of put the Chargers on their heels. And then, boom, you go down there and maybe you tie the game up. 
instead of just being down a, a you know a, a small amount of points, tie the game up and tie tie the game up, and then and then you got momentum, you got that stadium rocking, then you see what happens. So uh, hopefully that helps answer your question. But uh, I'm not mad at them. I mean, hell, like I said, after four games, they're three and one. So I think anyone that uh, that that's a fan of the Raiders. If they had seen that at the beginning of the season, before the season ever kicked off, you would have said, hey, I'll take that every day of the week and twice on Sunday. But uh, here we are. So, uh, again, moving forward, Chicago's up next. They're going to be a tough opponent. They want to win. The Raiders want to win. Someone's got to take a nail. Who's it going to be? Well, we'll find out on Sunday. 221's the time. Thank you for the call. When we come back, Cassie Soda from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. She'll to- join us to talk about what she saw at practice today, talk about uh, Alex Leatherwood kicking inside, talk about the offensive line in general. That's all coming up next on Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Hi, it's the Herd. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. As promised, it is our time to talk to Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review Journal. Does a great job there. Does all kind of work over there. Vegas Nation podcast. All kind of different activities uh, within those buildings and has all the coverage that you need as far as the silver and black goes. And she was out there at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center earlier today for practice. And Cassie, we appreciate your time. And of course, man, the conversation has got to be about the O-line. It's got to be about Alex Leatherwood kicking inside, Parker being at the tackle position. Uh, what were your thoughts on that when it was basically confirmed that, that that's what they're doing right now? And do you think that that's going to help the offensive line moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I unfortunately I had to take off before Greg Olson spoke. But, I mean, he said basically, like, they have to tinker around to get the best guys out there and find the right position or find, yeah, find the right position for them. And I think just seeing Alex Leatherwood, like I, I got a shot of him and Jermaine Illuminor and you could tell, like, you know, they were, they were talking to each other, trying to talk things through each, um, through with each other. And, and he's a rookie and, and it's hard. And I mean, we've seen right. Cleveland for all the pressure that he has as the fourth overall pick. So now this guy coming in as the 17th overall pick, the spotlight is on him, but that was put on him by the Raiders themselves. Mike Mayock said, this guy is our starting right tackle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, now that it's not working out, I mean, John Gruden said it's not time to push the ba- the panic button. Uh, Max Crosby said the same thing. They're not worrying. But at the same time, if you're trying to make a push to the playoffs here, like how much can you tinker or how much can you let Alex Leatherwood make some mistakes here in big games and critical moments before you're like, all right, we need to move it. So now – Heading into this game against the Bears, they're doing that tinkering. And I think, you know, uh, obviously Raider Nation isn't a huge fan. They're saying that they whiffed on another first-round pick already. But I think it's too early to say that because now we need to see him at this new position to see if he has what it takes to make it now in the NFL, again, with that weight of being a 17th overall pick. Yeah, you know, we had a caller before you came on that said, hey, I like the the move. I like the fact that they didn't wait, like you mentioned, because, again, this is a team that feels like that they could win and make a deep run. And, I mean, when Colton Miller was was a rookie – you know, he was allowed to kind of learn on the fly because the team wasn't that good. They weren't expecting to be a really good team. This team has playoff aspirations, so uh, I'm with you. I'm, I'm okay with them moving them around and, and, and trying to figure out whatever they can instead of just letting it go, letting it go, letting it go. But at some point, you got to find a permanent home or then you're in trouble, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and I think, you know, we've seen this team before, like try to fit pieces in. Right when we know they're not fitting and they let it go and they let it go. Like, I mean, Trent Brown, for example, right? Like they're hold, they were holding out for him again, maybe Richie incognito, the same thing they're right. holding out for him. But at some point you just have to move on and see what's the next best step for this team. 
And I think right now it is, you know, switching up a little bit, switching positions and seeing maybe what if, you know, the whole time Alex Motherwood needed to be a guard. He obviously played guard before in college. So maybe that's what, you know, what, what was going on there. Derek Carr said before, like, this guy is so tuned into his craft and he tries to get the guy to laugh every once in a while and he won't mm-hmm. even do that. <laughs> so this guy, he, Leatherwood obviously, you know, is here to play and is ready to learn and to go. But again, like, how much, how many games, how far into the season can you let him not be at his best before things kind of break, you know? Right, no doubt about it. We're talking right now with Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review-Journal here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And, you know, you mentioned uh, Richie Incognito. Excuse me, you mentioned Richie Incognito. He hasn't played at all this season. Denzel Good, came, went, he, he dropped in the first game, a torn ACL, so he's out for the season. How much do you think that those two guys not being there, part of the plan like the Raiders had initially, how much has that set this offensive line back? Oh, so, so much. I think just even like the veteran presence of Richie Incognito, like it's one thing, right, to learn from the coaches and to learn from some other guys um, that have been there a couple seasons, have been with this team um, for their career. I'm looking at Colin Miller here, but right. like learning from a guy with 17, 18 seasons in the league now, you know, um, like Incognito, the, the knowledge that he has is invaluable to a young rookie. Again, and Alex Leatherwood, who who is learning the position on the fly every Sunday or Mondays in the Raiders' case. So, yeah, I think just the knowledge that those players carry is huge. It's a huge loss in and of itself. Yeah, no, it really is. And when Vinny put out the tweet earlier today talking about the offensive line and he wouldn't be surprised to see some changes coming soon, you knew something was happening. It wasn't, it wasn't just going to throw that out there for no reason. But uh, I was surprised that it was just the, the, the right guard and the right tackle position and no, uh, no change at the center position yet. What are your thoughts on what Andre James has been doing or really hasn't done yet? He's been struggling as well trying to take over for Rodney Hudson. I mean, those are some big shoes to fill. No doubt, no <laughs> so- doubt. Those were some huge shoes to fill from the beginning. And luckily, you know, as Andre said before, like they did have some overlap with Rodney, but to be able to just be thrown in at that position where Rodney Hudson held it down for multiple years. And, and it's even like, it goes down to little things like high snaps to Derek Carr, where mm-hmm. he loses the ball, you know, like it's things that unfortunately you're not going to get figured out right in the three, four days that you have, in between games like this, like how much can they really fix from Los Angeles to this Sunday? But those are things like you, 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 unfortunately, like for these guys, they are again, learning it on the fly. I feel and, 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 you know, ironing out the kinks during games, but it is so important. It's so crucial now for the Raiders to establish themselves as the playoff team that they want to be and that they believe that they can be. So it is unfortunate, right, for these young guys that have been thrown in. But these are NFL players at the end of the day. Like, they signed up for this, and they have to take responsibility now. And, yeah, I believe it, w- it would be Nick Martin, right? Yeah, is, um, yep. And that guy has had some experience as well in the league. So, again, the tinkering. Like, how far do you let Andre James go and make the mistakes that he unfortunately has been making before? You say, you know what, like, l- let's see what else we've got here. And as uh, – Gruden said, I think on Tuesday, like they don't want to go outside of the building. So they believe that they have the pieces within the building to get the job done. And now it's again, just a matter of tinkering and, and, you know, figuring out who needs to be in that role to have them be successful right and the other thing and i heard lewis riddick say it this morning on espn is yeah as much uh offensive line help is that is needed how many teams are in the league right now saying oh yeah hey here's our really good right guard go ahead and take him you know <laughs> yeah, right. 
Right, exactly. And I, I was actually in uh, our Vegas Nation Blitz episode that's out now. Vinny and I were talking, and he's like, yeah, there's not just, like, these tackles and guards just sitting that are excellent, you know, right. pole bowl type guys if they're either they're they're either not that good or they're requesting too much money. So, like, where, again, where are you going to go? Where are you going to look? You have to make what's in front of you work. And right. unfortunately, again, for these Raiders, it might come at the cost of losing a game or two. Right, no doubt. Talking right now with Cassie Soto here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And, uh, of course, don't panic, don't panic, don't panic. That's the theme that we've been hearing out of Raiders camp right now, don't panic. But let me ask you about the run game. I thought on Monday yeah. they were going to have an opportunity to really get going since the Chargers weren't very good against the run. Well, we all know that that did not happen. You saw that up close and personal. Um, do you think that they're going to put a little bit extra emphasis on trying to get that run established on Sunday I mean I, you absolutely have to but again that goes back to what can the guys in front do for them what can they do for Josh Jacobs and obviously losing Peyton Barber was huge and um, it was funny yeah beforehand I was talking to Adam Hill my Las Vegas Review Journal co-worker and I was like oh like are the fantasy players going to be happy that Jacobs is back you know like get some points and he's like ah, I don't know you know like I'm, I'm not really feeling it and sure enough like I don't know if any fantasy players out there started Jacobs and didn't get the points and the production that they thought they were going to get um, out of him. But I was honestly surprised. I think I think Q, you said it like, yeah, the, the Chargers average like 170 yards yeah. or something, giving up. Yep. And the Raiders have 48? Right, exactly. <laughs> like, what the heck is going on there? So, yeah, again, I don't know how they get that going so quickly. And hopefully you see this Alex Leatherwood and Brandon Parker – you know, um, tinkering again, help out with that. But man, they got to get it going and they got to get it going quick. That's for sure. I don't know. I've seen Josh Jacobs out there. He looks like he's a hundred. His cuts were good in practice. So, you know, hopefully he can, he can help get things going there. But yeah, again, it all, it unfortunately all falls back on the offensive line. Yeah, no, it, it really does. And, you know, it's unfortunate that, that they're having this issue right now, because again, this team looks like that they could be a really good team. But I mean, if you're not, if you're not getting it done in the trenches, you're not really going to get it done too, too, too far. You're not going to win a whole lot of games that way. Let me ask you this. Cause I asked Ed Graney this yesterday about the body language of the guys while you're out there at practice, you know, coming off a tough loss, uh, of course, you have to turn the page. We turned the page immediately onto Chicago. But did you see the body language? Did they look like they were out there, uh, you know, kind of flying around and, and just looking, you know, excited to be out there and not a team sulking after a loss on Monday? You know what? They started playing some outcasts and like Max Crosby was vibing. Nice. Um, Perryman was dancing a little bit. I think I saw John Abram out there, you know, like, yeah, they obviously they have their moments, right? And, and I think at this point on Thursday, like, you unfortunately, you have to put that loss behind you and you have to look ahead. You can't, what is the saying? Like, you can't let a loss, like, beat you twice. twice. Yeah, yep. beat you twice. Yep. Yeah, you know. So while you can't dwell on it, you do have to learn from it. John Gruden, I think he said it jokingly on Tuesday, is like, ah, let's burn this tape. Right. And I'm like, well, I don't know if you should do that because y'all were not that good that day. Right. <laughs> like, don't burn it. Learn from it. Try to make those, um, you know, um, switches. And again, that, that tinkering word is in my head now. Mm-hmm. Try to make those changes heading into the Bears game. But yeah, no, I think the vibe overall from the players, like from what I saw today, the defense especially, like pretty lighthearted, um, getting their work in. Again, and what I've heard a lot from the defense is they're very encouraging of one another. Like you can hear Max Crosby and Cleveland Burrow like hyping up the other guys. And I think that that's important. Again, it all comes from within. So if you, if the guys next to you don't believe in you and don't believe in each other, like that's where the problems lie. And that's where they all start. And I think that this team, and we've heard them say before, like 
the relationships and the cohesiveness of the guys in the locker room is there. And they do truly believe in one another. And that's, that's where it has to start. I'll say this, Cassie, now that you mentioned Outcast, I'm going to have to educate uh, Damon on who Outcast is because, you know, you know, this dude, only thing out of ATL he knows is little baby. So I got to now I got to educate him on who Outcast is. They had that. I like the way you move. <laughs> they had that going. Damon's so looking like, right I, now. So I, lost. He has no idea what you're talking about right now. Are you kidding me, Damon? <laughs> My God. Outcast? Like, come on. <laughs> you know kidding. what? No, no. You know what? No. You know, I'm no, I'm just, I'm just gonna double down. <laughs> he has no clue. No, no, who's Outcast? No, you, ne- Andre three thousand. Are you kidding me? Oh, the actor Andre Benjamin. Yeah, he's been in a couple oh. of good things. <laughs> oh no! Don't let him play you. Don't Big let him play boy, you. Hey, you remember when Big Boy was in ATL the movie? Don't let him play you like that. Oh man! You I know, know that ain't who Andre I think it is. He was in Four Brothers, that guy. Remember? Yeah, man. Yeah, like, that, like, was that was a good one, too. Nobody knows Outkast unless you know Andre 3000 before Erica Badu. Because it was a different ball game after Erica Badu. Just saying. Just going to throw it out there. Anyone who goes back a little you know bit what, away Cassie, knows no, what I'm no, talking about. No, because these old guys on this station, they always, they keep they want to talk to me. Like, man, you don't remember back in 93 when he had the club popping? It's like, no, I don't remember 93. I wasn't born then. I was not even a fetus in 93, but I, I know. I took a couple music appreciation classes, and these are things you have to know. See? There you go. Dance appreciation. I took the wrong appreciation class. <laughs> Yeah, he's in, he's in team tight pants with appreciation. That's what he's in. Team oh, medium no. shirts. He don't know about hey, that, but I can get down with the emo scene too. Like, give me you know <laughs> some all time low and some boys like girls. Like, I can go there too. You know. I ain't mad at you. I ain't mad at you, Cassie at all. That's good stuff, right, <laughs> all right Cassie? You know, we got to get to the real hard hitting questions here Uh-oh. on unnecessary yeah. roughness. Okay. Corgi Dash. Yes. The game's too hard. <laughs> all right. So can we like maybe not can that you get? Good. Boom! Boom! Let's calm down there. Corgi Dash is a is a game that you can download on your uh, in your app store right now. Matter of fact, if you're not knowing what Corgi Dash is, uh, Cassie's man actually designed it. It's in the app store. If you're on the iPhone, it's in Google Play. If you're on the Android, and Demond's not good at it. I've got a pretty high score. Really fun game. Someone someone very kindly said it's the best game since Flappy Birds. So. Nice. There you go. There you go. That that that'll work. There it is, right there. <laughs> Slappy Bird was addicted. They had to take that off the app store, but it's got like the, that same sort of like that frustration once you like hit something. Of exactly. just like you gotta keep going. The game cheating. I know I was pressing my finger fast enough. <laughs> so he, so he is trying to get the global leaderboard going. So we'll have that, and then you can compare and see it and see how good or not good. There you go. But yes, everybody download Corgi Dash. There you go. See, that's what we do. We encourage it around here. We encourage Corgi Dash. We don't try to get rid of Corgi Dash like others, Jared, on uh, other stations around this building. We don't don't dog you. We're helping you out. Playing right now. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, Cassie, thank you so much for your time. It's always fun catching up with you. We do appreciate you as always. Uh, Keep doing what you're doing. What you got coming out? Matter of fact, Vegas Sports Nation that we we should be on the lookout for. Yeah, Vegas Nation Blitz is live right now talking about what went wrong in the Raiders' loss. So you can see that. Unless you don't want to hear about it, then wait until Saturday. We got Vegas Nation game day, how they turn the page. There you go. (laughs) There you go. Well, great stuff as always, Cassie. We definitely appreciate you. We'll talk to you next week. Awesome. Thank you. All right. There she goes. That's uh, Cassie Soto right there from the Las Vegas Review Journal. I guess I guess if her man created Corgi Dash, she would be the she would be basically the mother of Corgi Dash. He's the father of Corgi Dash. So she'd be the mother of Corgi Dash.
Sounds about right. It's about right. So, uh, yeah, I, I checked it out. I wasn't very good at it, and I just kind of I, I figured that I had other things that I needed to probably be doing with my time, so I shouldn't have been just paying attention to a video game, but it was pretty fun to play for a couple hours. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm like that. It's just like... <laughs> it was a couple hours. I ain't going to lie. It was on the clock, though, so it was cool. You know, did it during work hours. 2.37 is the time when we come back. Dustin DeHart from Nova Home Loans. He'll join the show, talk about everything going on in the city of Las Vegas when it comes to the real estate market. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. All right, Carolina, I see on your on your Twitter bio it says pro wrestling ring announcer. Hey, can I get a you're listening to Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio in your ring announcer voice? Wait, it's got to be Raider Nation Radio 920. Oh. oh, Raider Nation Radio 920, excuse me. You are listening to Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Boom, there Loved it is. It. Good one, Zaman. That was the best thing he contributed all day. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Just got the injury report for Thursday from the Raiders. We'll go over that in just a little bit. We had Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review Journal on the air with us in the last segment. And right now, pleased to have on the phone lines my guy Dustin DeHart from Nova Home Loans. And Dustin, we definitely appreciate your time each and every week when you join the show. And always so much to talk about. But this is the first time you're joining the show coming off of a loss for the Raiders. So uh, what were your thoughts on just seeing what they did on Monday night against the Chargers, losing the game? And and uh, what do you think about the bounce back this Sunday against the Bears? Well, I didn't think they were going undefeated. <laughs> did you? So, no. Like, no. You know, this was... And look, I you know I thought you know when I looked at the schedule, this was a game that I knew was going to be tough, and I wasn't shocked that we lost. Uh, you know, I was disappointed. Yeah, we we certainly didn't show up the first half. Uh, you know, the second half was a lot better, and you know it is what it is. You know, it, but going going into next week, this you know Sunday, we right. got to win this game. You know what I mean? Like these are the games we if we're going to be a playoff team, we've got to beat the Bears. Right, it just comes down to that. You know, so. You know, losing to the Chargers, you know, on the road on Monday Night Football, you know, that's not a huge disaster. But we need to rebound. We've got to win this game. And then we're right back in the saddle, in my opinion. You know, that's the thing for me, too. Really good teams don't go on losing streaks. You know, you might take a loss. You might fall one game. But then you you find a way to bounce right back up and make it happen. And so that's why I think there's a lot of pressure in this game, especially with a lot of unknowns, a lot of injuries. Offensive line is moving and shaking. But all that doesn't really matter, right? It's just you got to go out there and just got to, just like Al Davis would say, just win, baby. Exactly. I mean, this is a winnable game, and they got to do it. And if they do, you know what? This is a this is a proven team. So it's 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 actually you know, believe it or not, I think this is a really big game. You yep. know, because if we do lose, yeah, it's like, oh gosh, we're going to hear all the critics, and you know, can't wait to hear Stephen A. Smith and everybody <laughs> else. So, let's just shut him up and win, please. All right. right. Exactly. No, I'm I'm right there with you. He'll be screaming from the mountaintops about how he I told you this, I told you that. And yeah, not ready not ready to hear any of that. How do you think? I know you'll be at the game on Sunday. How do you think the uh the atmosphere is gonna be, especially with uh Khalil Mack, who obviously Raider fa- Raider fans are very familiar with him coming back to town? You know, I, I gosh, I forgot about that. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's gonna be <laughs> awesome. Uh the revenge game, right? So yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, look, I'm, I'm pumped. I actually got a friend in town uh, coming in from Phoenix. Nice. I'm picking him up at the airport tomorrow. He's a Bears fan, and uh, he's so excited to see the stadium, and I, I can't wait to show it to him. So, yeah, super pumped. It's going to be a great atmosphere. Yeah, I, I didn't even think about Cleo Mack coming back, so that's awesome. So, 
Yeah, I can't wait to see the game. I already put a lot of money on the Raiders, so they better win. <laughs> huh, there you go. Right there. I threw some ducats down on uh, on the Raiders. So go on yeah. and make that money back. I'm not mad at that at all. We're talking right now with Dustin DeHart from Nova Home Loans here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And Dustin, I'm so confused because I keep – Looking at all these reports, and I keep reading all these websites, it tells me that you know the 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 housing market is starting to level out, and then I see record high prices on houses. So I'm confused. Where are we at right now? Are we leveling? Or is it raising? What's going on? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, it is confusing. So look, the housing numbers actually came out last or yesterday. So in August we were at 405, 405,000. That was the median resale price. Okay. Uh, last month we went up a whopping fifteen hundred dollars, so we went up to four hundred six thousand five hundred, which is a new record. But we didn't go up too much. But again, the you know the housing market is cooling off and stabling. Just considering, you know, every month prior to those two months, we went up ten thousand dollars, so okay. it is cooling off a little bit. And look, at the end of the day, Q, this is the time of the year when markets, you know, the real estate market does cool off. You know, kids mm-hmm. are back at school. Typically, families want to get entrenched before that happens, you know, especially going into, you know, the holiday months. If you're a buyer, that's when you can get a really good deal. Sellers are very motivated, you know, and sellers are becoming more realistic, too. They're not going after such huge, egregious prices. You know, they're understanding this. It is leveling out and they're becoming more realistic with their their list price. So now, look, I don't it's going to be curious to see what we're, where we land at the end of the year. You know, I wouldn't be shocked if we go up, you know, we're at 415, but I also wouldn't be shocked if we're under 400,000. But I don't see any huge swings up or down anytime soon. So it's good for buyers. It really is. We need to kind of level off. You know, 20% appreciation is nice if you're a home home seller or if you own a home. But, yeah, if going out to buy a home, I mean, that's it's just unsustainable. Markets aren't supposed to go up 20% in one year. It's crazy. So I think we're coming back to more of a – a realistic, normal market heading into next year. Now, Dustin, I've told you multiple times that the wife is kind of like the brains of the operation. You know, I just, I go out yeah. and do what I do, but she's definitely the brains. And so she kind of has the little plan in place or she thinks she's got the plan in place, but she keeps telling me 20%, 20%, 20%. We've got to have that. How important is that to have that 20%? Well, look, and that's a great question, Q. So first of all, a lot of people still think they have to put 20% down and you don't. Okay. Um, you being not a first time home buyer, uh, and you're going to be over the FHA limits, you would need to put at least 5% down. And if you're a first time home buyer, you could put a little as 3% down. And in fact, Q, they raised the conforming loan limits, uh, actually two days ago. So that's at 625 now. So that's going to help you. So nice. if we need to go into higher sales price. You're yes. not dipping into that jumbo loan where typically you do need to put 20% down. So you know, again, it comes down to if you have it, great, Maybe you know, use it, but you might want to park some money in the bank and, you know, put a little less money down. You will have mortgage insurance, um, you know, and that's, look, most people that purchase a house, Q, they don't have the $100,000 or whatever it is to put down. So the preponderance of people that we get financing for do have mortgage insurance and, the, you know, properties appreciate and what we do is turn around and refinance you or it drops off. I mean, it's not there forever. But if, you know, if you do have the 20% down and you, you think you can uh, afford to, to put that much money down, then, then you should. But if not, then it's, we'll get you financed with less than that. That's Simple what I'm that. talking about. Now, see, now that's what I'm talking about. Cause now I can have a little bit extra money for that infinity pool that I'm looking for. You know what yeah, I mean? Well, like, <laughs> dude, I don't care how nice the house is when you buy it, there's always, you know, 
a good thousands of dollars of stuff that you're going to have to do, including furniture and everything else. So yeah. it adds up quick. <laughs> it really yeah. does. No, no yeah. doubt. My, my mom said that too. She told me that, you know, when she bought a house, she didn't put a whole lot of money into it as far as just, you know, uh, nice things or whatever. She waited to do it on her own instead of, you know, like when the house was being built, she didn't have them do it. So it didn't uh, cost her so much extra money. And she just kind of did it on her own slowly, but surely. And so uh, there you go. I think that's a good approach right there. And I'll, I'll tell you this, Dustin, it was, it was funny. I was at the Oyo on Monday for Monday Night Football for the Raiders and Chargers. And a couple mm-hmm. listeners said, one of my favorite conversations you have every single week is about your Scarface house with Dustin. We always love this conversation. So there you go. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So we have we have a lot of good fun and 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 there's a lot of good informative information going on right now as well. And and you know can help people uh, with what they're trying to do as far as uh, you know get into a home or maybe even you know refinance a home like you mentioned. So uh, if anyone needs some information uh, from you, what what should they do? What what number should they reach out to you at? I appreciate it, Q. Just call us anytime. People always standing by, 702-577-2600, That's a That's an easy number to remember right there. And, and, Dustin, before I let you go, I did want to ask you some things about fantasy football as well. Uh, Derek Carr's been flying high. Of course, Monday wasn't his best performance, but he still did well in the second half. So uh, how's right now? I know he's not on your fantasy football team, but how's your football team looking? And, and is Derek Carr starting to be moving? And uh, are, are people starting to shuffle him around their fantasy lineups? Yeah, they are, and I'll tell you, my sleeper Brian Edwards didn't do much for me last no, week. No, no, nothing. <laughs> and I put a player prop bet on him to, I think it was uh, 36 yards. I'm like, ah, he should do that in one catch. So, yeah, look, uh, you know, it's it's a moving and shuffling right now with fantasy football. Uh, there's a lot of good Raiders players in fantasy football. Uh, you know, Henry Ruggs is stepping up, but Hunter Renfro, I'll tell you, and uh, what's called points per reception league. Uh, so every time you catch a pass, you get a point. He's a stud, so he's been gobbled up by everybody, and he's uh, at the top of the waiver wire list, and he's pretty much on everybody's off the waiver wire list right now, and uh, he's going to help people win some fantasy games, that's for sure. Well, and the jury's still out on Brian Edwards. I haven't, I haven't given up on him yet. Right, yeah, no, don't don't give up on him just yet. But uh, he, he's it's funny because it seems like he's been coming alive late in games and hasn't really got started early. And on on Monday just didn't happen at all. I, I did want to ask you before I let you go, and and I know I keep saying before I let you go, but uh, you know when you're when you sell a house and it's all said and done, how long does it really kind of you know, how long does it take to go through and, and kind of uh, reflect on your credit score? Because I see that these houses that are are being bought, it's like they're being bought, closed, everything's done within like sixty days. Well, what if that doesn't? What if that time hasn't reflected on your credit score yet when you previously sold your house, like I did? So okay, so well, first of all, it, it takes thirty days from the time the creditor receives payment to reflect on your credit report. Okay, and then the balance is paid in full. And then it shows open to close, simple as that. And, and it will it will impact your score slightly, Q, when you pay off that mortgage. Yeah. And over time, you know, it decreases as it, as it ages. Um, but look, if, if and people don't have to worry about it. If you sold your house, we we don't need to have it reflected on your credit report. Okay. We can just we we basically get the payoff settlement from title, and it shows that you know what I mean. And then we right. we can just go in and have it updated through the bureaus directly. But uh, yeah, so, you know, again, you know, it's, it's going to help you slightly. But, you know, just real quick, Credit 101, pay your bills on time. Credit cards, Q, are the most important thing. You need them to establish credit and keep your balances below 25%. 
and don't close those old cards and you'll have perfect credit. Simple right. as that. Well, there you go. That's what I'm working on. I'm trying to get there, man. I'm trying to get there. So when we uh when it's time to make it happen, we can make it happen. You know what I mean? No questions asked. You got Scarface House ASAP, bro. Come right. Exactly. That's the goal. The Scarface House is on the way. I promise. That's what I'm going to do. Dustin, great stuff as always, my man. Let them know one more time what uh, what number to reach you, you from. 577-2600. There, there it is. Thank you, Dustin. I appreciate you. See you next week, Q. All right. There he goes. Dustin DeHart right there. Nova Home Loans joins us each and every week. We talk a little fantasy football, talk about the Raider game, and also kind of educate you on what's going on in this Las Vegas market. And that Scarface House is on the way. You're going to get it. Come on, he starts to leave the room when I start talking about uh, my Scarface house because he's still trying to find a Scarface apartment. He's trying. What, what would uh, qualify Demond as a Scarface apartment? I don't know. Uh, maybe a nice view. A nice view, like if I got an upstairs looking out, looking oh, out yeah. the back. Yeah, you know, got a little pool underneath, a little pool. Yeah, action. you know, if I can, I'm looking at the complex pool. You know, that'd yeah. be nice. Okay, okay, yeah. little floaties in the water. Yeah, and I don't nothing. mean floaties for your arms. I mean like you know that you could sit on. <laughs> I, that sounded real disrespectful. I wasn't trying to go there that time. No, well, you know, I can swim unlike you, so. <laughs> Okay, now that was disrespectful. See how you go? See? You had to throw some stereotypical stuff out there at me. Thanks. See how you're doing me? Trying to play the race car with me. It ain't ain't that stereotypical. It's just the fact that you can't (laughs) win. 255 is the time. Many thanks to Dustin for joining us right there, uh, as he does each and every week. Coming on back, we're going to kick off hour number two of Unnecessary Roughness. We'll talk all things NFL with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920.